Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio inside the Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. It's time for Travel Safely with Brian Mulligan. Travel Safely is presented by Applied Information, creator of the Travel Safely smartphone app. This special edition of Travel Safely with Brian Mulligan features an installment from a limited series called Coping with COVID. Hosted by Brian Mulligan, the president of Applied Information, Coping with COVID shares the stories and successes of people and organizations during these unprecedented times of dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic. Hello and welcome to Coping with COVID. I'm your host, Brian Mulligan. On this program, we're here to tell the stories and share some of the successes of people and organizations as we all deal with this COVID-19 pandemic. Our focus is to keep people safe and at the same time, re-energize the economy. Our guest today is Kerry Armstrong, uh, who's, uh, amongst other things, chairman of the Atlanta Regional Commission. So welcome, Kerry. Thank you, Brian. Great to be here. Thanks for joining me. Uh, you wear a number of hats, but uh, we're going to focus today on the Atlanta Regional Commission. Great. Uh, which involves two things and two stories maybe you can, can share with us. The first one is, as an organization, how is the uh, Atlanta Regional Commission dealing with COVID and what are you guys doing and what's your plan? Well, uh, we kind of look at it in two, in two uh, buckets, so to speak. One is internal. We have a staff of over 200 people and uh, they are very important uh, and they are scattered around the region and we have to continue to operate uh, safely and protectively while the uh, pandemic is underway. And the other bucket, of course, is what we do for the community, which uh, in many ways is critically important as all of us deal with this crisis. So uh, speaking internally, we were actually in fairly good uh, shape uh, because uh, we already had a teleworking component uh, in within our organization. Uh, several of our employees, well, virtually all of our employees, could telework and had the technology to do, to do it. Uh, successfully and we also manage Georgia commute options which is all about teleworking and commuting and all of those things so we had a lot of the information and data that we needed so as soon as the pandemic became one uh, we very quickly uh, sent our folks home did that very early in March uh, and said until further notice let's all work from home and since we were already tooled up to do that uh, we were able to make that happen very quickly. How, how has that worked for you in terms of productivity or uh, sense of community or sense of office culture and things like that? Any, any, uh, any lessons learned there? Yeah, generally good. Uh, Productivity-wise, we in many ways uh, are more productive uh, and have been able to do some more robust work related to the pandemic. Uh, so we see really no uh, issues with productivity. However, we are a collaborative group and we are accustomed to working together and working in teams uh, and uh, having everyone working from home and distantly uh, we had to really focus on communications and how we keep that pace up and make that simple and easy to do uh, and we miss each other you know all the folks down there uh, are uh, friends co-workers for some of them it's their family and so we have to be very sensitive to those issues and make sure we're, we're looking at it from a macro perspective, but also on a person-to-person -person perspective. Have you put any thought into uh, 
reopening the offices and when that happens? And we have. And um, uh, is it compulsory or is it voluntary? What's your thoughts on all of that? Uh, we have, the first answer is we have, the second answer is maybe. Uh, the first answer, uh, we're following the data very clearly from uh, public health officials uh, and making sure that we have a trend line that says that we are in a, uh, in a safer phase of the, um, of the pandemic and its, its lifespan. Uh, by our estimation, we're going to need the rest of June uh, to get to that point. So we have announced to our staff that we will continue teleworking until the end of June, and then we'll revisit the, the, uh, the statistics. Uh, we're monitoring them daily, but we'll revisit the overall question at the end of June and make a determination then about what's next. So, so what I hear you say is sort of you've got a three-month plan that you're revisiting every month and letting folks know yeah, yeah, we're doing it on a month-to-month, -month, sort of a month-to-month -month basis, just so people can plan ahead. Uh, we have all re-engineered our lives to deal with working from home and having our families with us, our kids with us, and all of those things. And you can't flip that switch successfully to go back any easier than you could to close it down. So uh, we're, we're, uh, we wanted to give people a no sooner than date so they could at least plan around that on their calendars. And as far as uh, I know that the ARC, Atlanta Regional Commission, is the Metropolitan Planning Organization for Transportation, uh, any uh, effect of you know, the uh, reduction in transportation on gas tax and revenues? And uh, how, are you, how are you seeing the future as far as what the ARC does? Is there, are there any uh, lights at the end of the tunnel emerging that aren't oncoming trains? Yeah, we think so. Uh, things will be different. Uh, and the, de the degree to which they're different kind of depends on how the rest of the story plays out in terms of vaccines and so on and so forth. Um, traffic's great. You know, we jokingly say, look at all the, all the improvements we've done in traffic in the last 60 days. Air quality is much better because we have fewer uh, gasoline engines out there on the roads day in and day out and hour by hour. Uh, on the other hand, of course, the economic hit uh, that many of our businesses have taken is very real, and it's going to take a while to get back uh, through that. We do think, though, based on a survey of, of nearly 3,000 uh, uh, executive, middle management, and workers uh, in the metro area, that uh, teleworking is going to catch on. It has caught on. Uh, companies are going to come back, but most of the major employees that we're talking to um, are saying that they've proven it does work, and so uh, that'll be part of their mix as they go forward. Now you lay that against an ever-growing population and we'll see how it all plays out. It might be a net wash for all we know, but um, good and bad, but things will be different when this is over. That's actually quite an interesting insight in that uh, the new normal, as folks say, is going to include increased teleworking. Mm -hmm. Is that's what That's your perspective, and so that surely changes your projections about how much roadway is required and, uh, and transit and, and things like that. Is, that. is that starting to factor into your models or are you guys still looking at, gosh, this is interesting. We just know that it's going to change. We're not quite sure how much yet. Both. I mean, we can model it the way it was. We can model it the way it is. We can model it based on projections. Um, 
but in terms of the major mobility uh, efforts that the state has underway and other things, uh, those are continuing. We think we're still going to need, certainly, roads and bridges and capacity. Um, the, the demand for future capacity may be different. Uh, the, the, uh, the growth in demand may be different. Uh, and all you can do is really see how we all decide to live our lives and make uh, wizened projections based on that. I think that's a great positive message, uh, which says that yes, it's going to be different, but uh, this great American economy is going to continue to function and going to continue to function well as we effectively learn to live with the pandemic. pandemic. Sure. sure, I think that's exactly the case. We're all getting better educated. We're all proving to ourselves the hard way that we are resilient uh, and that there are solutions. Sometimes they're painful, but working together, we can figure it out. Um, and it takes time. I mean, we'll have to, uh, it'll be a trial and error, but um, in, in many respects, but we have learned to be uh, dynamic. We've learned to be flexible, nimble, resilient through this. And I think as, as uh, citizens of the metro area, we'll adopt a lot of that internally and carry it forward, which is all good in my view. That's great. One, one of the things we do at Applied Information uh, is we turn data into information. And uh, one of the segments that we're going to do on this show is uh, each time just look at a particular set of data or a particular factor uh, and drill down into what is that data trying to tell us. And one of the things, that, the thing I'm going to talk today about is uh, mask wearing. Um, I've brought some, uh, some props of a thermometer and some hand sanitizer and, and a couple of masks. And uh, the interesting thing of, uh, of the mask wearing is, well, just how well does it work? And um, what you'll see um, is some really interesting uh, research done out of the uh, uh, University of Hong Kong, where uh, you know, the, there's a factor called the transmission rate. And uh, there's this interesting graph over here, uh, which is the transmission rate based on the percentage of folks who wear masks and how effective those masks are. Now, a lot of folks say, oh, well, you know, why should I wear a mask when somebody else isn't wearing a mask? I went to the store and there were three people not wearing a mask. And what the, the, this, this research shows is just how effective mask wearing is, even in, when it's not universally adopted. So what this shows is that if you get 70% of the folks wearing masks, and even if the masks aren't very effective, they only catch 70% of the droplets. And we know from the research that the virus is transmitted in these water droplets. What this shows is that the transmission rate is less than one. So what that means is that in time, the pandemic will die out. And so uh, we like to talk about risk-reward, and mask wearing really seems to be something that um, has a high reward for a low risk and a low inconvenience. The other things like social distancing and some of the other data we'll tackle on, on another show, but this was kind of really interesting that uh, what the data shows is, if you're unsure, wear a mask. And so uh, on that note, um, I'd like to thank Kerry for joining me on the show and for sharing his insights and his positive message about uh, how we're going to both uh, uh, keep people safe as well as re-energize the economy in times of COVID. So thanks so much for joining me. 
Uh, until next time, stay safe, stay healthy.